HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network since 2009. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hello, and welcome to another great episode of Cutting the Curd. This is Jessica, and we have a new Cheesemonger Invitational Champion. What I appreciate most about CMI is that we get introduced to cheesemongers and shop owners supporting this lovely industry that we probably wouldn't have a chance to meet otherwise. I've actually been following our guest and new CMI champ, Sarah Simiel, for a while because she opened a cheese shop, The Curd Nerd, in Syracuse, New York home of my alma mater, Syracuse University, and it always makes me so happy to know that another independent cheese shop has opened, and the fact that it opened in Syracuse, not that far in upstate New York terms, just about 30 minutes from Cali, 1945 in Oneida, both in central New York cities in the heart of a state that is in the top five for dairy, but honestly feels like we're barely hanging on sometimes. But also, she has a degree in microbiology. We're going to get into all of it. Sarah, welcome to Cutting the Curd. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. So can you tell us, for the listeners who were not at CMI, what your answer was at that first round in of the finals at Brooklyn Steel? You gave an answer about um, a cheese and how it related to your opening the store. Can you tell us what that story was? I absolutely can. So the question is the one mongers hate the most, which is, uh, what is your favorite cheese? Um, yeah, <laughs> true. I uh, figured the best way to answer that is not to tell you exactly why I like the way something tastes, because that will change every day. Uh, but my answer was Lemieux's signature Gouda, because it's the reason I opened the Curdnerd. Uh, it's kind of a long-winded way around, but uh, when I first moved to Syracuse, there were no cheese shops, and there was no one interested in even bringing in more artisan cheeses. I reached out to a lot of smaller grocers and was like, how can we expand your cheese counter? Can I help? What can we do? Uh, and I kind of got met with this answer that was like, there's no market for this sort of cheese in Syracuse. And I just didn't want to believe that because I was the market for that cheese in Syracuse. 
and specifically like all of the Essex imports. Um, so Lemieux Signature, uh, Brabander, Rispins, those were like all top, Cravaro, Parmigiano, Reggiano were all top of my mind. Uh, and so one of my first emails when I opened the shop was to Jewel at Essex Street Cheese uh, to try to get Lemieux Signature on my case. So at CMI, when you answered that question, I turned to the person next to me and I said, she's going to win. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I felt that way. I, I think, you know, aside from the secretly rooting for somebody who opened a shop in Syracuse, I really think you had a knack for storytelling and the like you just said, it wasn't just like, this is why I like this cheese flavor, et cetera. But it was more about how that cheese was an influence on a decision you made on a need you felt you could serve and all of that. And that's something I think we all love in the cheese industry is how much cheese is really about storytelling. And it's about sharing part of a long heritage. And I just, I really felt that from you on stage. And I think a lot of other people did too. Can you tell us a little bit more about your store, The Curd Nerd? When did you open? And maybe giving us a little bit of background about about why cheese. How did you end up in Syracuse opening The Curd Nerd? Absolutely. So The Curd Nerd is Syracuse's like only cut-to-order cheese case, which was sort of the goal. I did sort of model it on a little bit of every cheese shop I've ever been in, uh, which has been a lot um, from New York City originally. Um, that area anyway. And so, um, I, the Kernerd is the epitome of everything I wanted out of my dream cheese shop. Uh, it was a, my long-term life goal was to open a cheese shop one day, which is what I always said. Uh, my husband, Matt is the one who was like, what if one day was now? Uh, and that conversation was in March of 2021 after we'd been living in Syracuse for about a year uh, and I was not loving it uh, mm-hmm. in the way that I would like to, and that I feel about Syracuse now, because there was no outlet for me to work in cheese. Uh, and that was sort of all I wanted to do. Uh, so that was March 2021. And March 2022, we officially opened the Curtainerd. So we just celebrated a year a uh, couple months ago. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Uh, everyone says the first one is the hard one, so I'm thrilled to be past it. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what's interesting, too, because you talked about that feeling after a year of being, you know, living in a place that's not your home, trying to make it your home. A really good piece of advice I got from from someone after I had moved across the country for and was kind of feeling that same kind of disembodied experience. She said, it takes two years, no matter what, it takes two years. Like, and I, and I really believe it. What was the reception from the community now that you have a year under your belt? Was it a slow, a slow roll, like slow burn to this point, or was it met with enthusiasm right away? What's it been like for you? It's kind of been a mix. So I'm from Queens originally, where the term cheese curd never came up in my entire life. Um, and when it did, it was in reference to when I started working in cheese, as in like curds are what makes cheese. In central New York and other parts of the country, uh, 
and Canada, cheese curds has a very specific meaning. Uh, it is a mm-hmm. like squeaky little cheese curd. Um, and so when I opened the curd nerd, my reference was to cheese in general. Uh, and we were met with a lot of confusion that we sold cheese and not just cheese curds. So I spent the first few months of having the shop trying to get people away from this idea that cheese curds are the only thing that comes from curd. Even to this day, I educate a lot of my customers that all cheese comes from cheese curds. And that is like a shocking revelation for most people in central New York. Um, So that was difficult. So that was half of our customer base when we first opened, were people coming in thinking all I sold was cheese curds and that's (laughs) all they wanted. And then the other half of the people were people who were so thrilled and were like, this is all I've ever wanted in Syracuse. I've always dreamed of opening this kind of shop in Syracuse, or I've always dreamed that this kind of shop would open in Syracuse, which I just found so funny after I'd been told kind of repeatedly there was no market for this sort of thing here, um, that there like was this overwhelming amount of people that were like, I am the market for this thing. And I've lived here my whole life. Um, so that was hard. Now we we are in a much better uh, situation. Syracuse at first was very confused with what a cheese shop was, uh, and now I think everyone sort of sort of gets what it is that we do and why we do it. Um, I will say winning CMI has helped infinitely. Uh, we got written about on Syracuse.com, which is our like big uh, news outlet around here, and we have had so many people that are. A, just learning about my shop and be so excited that this is here and that they can say this like little claim to fame for Syracuse mm-hmm. is that I'm here, which is so, um, it's very out of body for me still because I uh, don't know that I've fully like comprehended that I won yet. I don't know that that's really sunk in. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Everyone talks about when I was on stage, how they were like, you were so calm looking. And I was like, in my head, I was having, I was completely zoned out from the moment. My brain was not functional. Um, I like couldn't focus on anything. And everyone was like, you look so, so natural up there. And I was like, did I? Cause in my head I was panicking and I don't know that my brain has, has fully recovered from that yet. That is funny. You did look very calm. You also looked great <laughs> because you had, a cow outfit on like not a costume, but like pants and a top. And, and so there was a lot of attention (laughs) being given to your fashion (laughs) as well. And it really, I think you just really captured people with your authenticity. So uh, I do want to ask because Syracuse, New York is central New York. And I know that for a lot of businesses in that area, restaurants, retail distribution can be tough. And how, how is it for you to get the kinds of products that you want to sell? Are you able to do that easily? Or have you like, how is that distribution challenge? Distribution is probably the hardest part of what it is that I do. Um, we have no good distribution. Um, that's not true. We have limited good distribution. And a lot of it I've fought very hard for, Um, when we first opened, there was truly like, I got met with so many emails that were basically like, we don't, we won't help you. We can't help you. We don't service your area. Um, and I was so, um, like downtrodden about it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just really kind of didn't give up and have worked. We now work FedEx overnight or UPS overnight from a lot of places, which is not ideal for margins, um, but it's sort of the best way to get cheese to the area. Uh, I've also been very lucky to have local distributors in the area that have listened to us when we've been like, if you just brought on this like importer, it would make the biggest difference to us. Uh, so that's actually how what we recently did with um, Lemuse to get Lemuse Signature. I reached out to a local distributor out of the Ithaca area and was like, look, if you could reach out to Essex Street Cheese and see about getting, even if we had to do it on a um, pre-order basis and you could just pick it up for us, uh, because the way we were getting uh, Lemuse Signature, people find hysterical. Uh, the only wholesale distributor that would work with us to get it to us uh, was actually Tamales Bay uh, food uh, out of California. So huh. cheese would come in from Europe to New York, <laughs> fly <laughs> to California, <laughs> and then get overnighted back to central New York. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Which is how uh, so a lot of things end up being um, transported around the world. <laughs> they go, they yeah. end up going backwards. Yeah. And we yeah. were just like, this is so silly. There's got to be a better uh, way to do this. And we still get a lot of cheese that way because that's unfortunately the, the best way to do it. And thankfully, there are distributors who are willing to do that overnight um, shipping. But it, it does sort of hurt in the sense that I don't get to work with a delivery driver to refuse orders or to like question how things come in. So I get stuck with a lot of cheese that is in need of counter affinage in, in a more serious way than I would, I would prefer. Um, but it's better than no cheese. So we work with it. (laughs) That is a really, that is a really interesting answer. Thank you for taking the time to explain all that because I, I bet there's a lot of places in the country where people put the, put out the, you know, the, the brick and mortar, they've got it, they're building a customer base and the distribution is, is lagging behind a bit. And I, I think it's important to put that out there. I'd, I'd be curious to hear from more shops about those kinds of challenges around the country. So you guys, if you have those, please let us know on our Instagram. So uh, you have a degree in microbiology, cellular microbiology, yeah. is that yeah. it? Yeah. So first of all, what what is that interest in cellular cellular microbiology about? And then how do you connect that with cheese? So that interest originally was a med school interest. Uh, in an in a past life, I was on track to become a trauma surgeon. Um, that was, that was the life plan. Um, and so I went into college studying cellular microbiome because it was a great degree to have to get a good, uh, score on your MCAT. Um, and then (laughs) I, uh, actually in college, a group of students started, uh, were trying to start a cheese club and I was like, Hey, I'd love to get in on this. I'd love to help. Uh, start this because I thought cheese would be a good outlet that was not related to science. Like I thought it would give me something to do after my studies to, 
to give my brain a break from science, which now it, I think is hysterical that that's what I thought because <laughs> uh, cheese is just science. Um, <laughs> so I uh, very quickly realized that as I was, uh, we, we used to teach like lecture style cheese events for students. Uh, and as I would like study cheeses after studying microbio all day, I would like look at articles and I'd be like, wait, this is just microbio. Um, this is just what I'm doing in the classroom, just in a way cooler setting. Uh, and so it sort of just budded from there. And I then pestered my professors to include food science stuff into their lectures because I uh, went to Binghamton University, which is not one of the schools that offers any sort of dairy science or anything comparable. And so I was just like, hey, when you're talking about that yeast, is that also like a useful yeast in food? <laughs> right. And I think my professors were like, why does this girl keep asking this? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I even took like an entomology class and I like made my professor give me a, like a whole day lecture on cheese mites, uh, which at first he like kind of skipped over and was like, oh, mites are a thing, whatever. And then I was like, wait, I've got a lot of questions about mites, actually. Um, <laughs> and he was like, I've actually never been asked this before. Let me get back to you. And then he taught a class uh, pretty much about mites because I'd asked that question. Um, and so it's been a really nice um, marriage of what I thought my life was going to be and what my life is now to have that as my background. It does help me day to day in a in a weird roundabout way when I'm working with cheese or even when I get new cheese in to be able to like pretty clearly identify what's going on rind wise or even like why there was an issue with milk. And it's helped me explain stuff to customers a little bit better. Right. Uh, I used to like TA microbio stuff. So I know how to talk in a way that like explains it to people. Uh, and so I just get to do that all the time, but for cheese stuff, which is really cool. That is really cool. I, and I love that I'm starting to see a trend here like yeah. or a pattern where being very cheese forward in your inquiries and in questions and in your passion have really brought a lot to different other people in your life and inserted new ways of looking at things, talking about things and offering people more opportunities to learn. And then of course, in, in opening the shop as well, there's a lot of connections here. I love this. I am going to stop here for a minute for us to get a word from our sponsor, but then we're going to be right back and we'll keep talking with Sarah, our new cheesemonger invitational champion. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick. 
with multiple locations in New York City, Long Island, and Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. And we're back here at Cutting the Curd. We're in the middle of a great conversation with Sarah. She's been telling us about her shop in Syracuse, New York, The Curd Nerd. We've been talking about how she got there from cellular microbiology and also talking about CMI. So I want to backtrack. You mentioned you're from New York City or the New York City area and that that's where you started your cheesemonger journey. What were those days like? before making the leap to shop owner, what did you like about being a cheesemonger? Um, they were the best days ever. Uh, I'm so thankful to at my time as a non shop owner, cheesemonger. I think if you talk to any cheese shop owner that has mongered, all the parts about being a shop owner that we don't like are the parts that take us away from mongering, right. uh, because that's why we probably opened our shops in the first place. Um, so when I, I, like I was saying, I was part of the cheese club through that. I realized you can have a career in cheese. Uh, and I realized pretty quickly that I'd rather have a career in cheese than become a doctor. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I went home and I literally sent, uh, my resume to every single cheese shop, I think within like a 25 mile radius of my parents' house. Um, <laughs> So like everywhere on Long Island, any shop in like Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan, and I think some in Westchester, like I was willing to take Metro North to get to work if I had to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> I know several mongers who, ha- who have done that and who currently do that. So yeah. Yeah. I know so many. And I was like, I will do this. And I think my parents were like, oh, she's really serious about this. Um, Cause it was like the only job I'd ever been like, I don't care what I have to do to make this work. I will make this work. Uh, and I didn't hear a lot of response. And then I did, uh, actually from Campbell and co, uh, they uh, reached out. They were like, can you come in for an interview? I got like so nervous about going in for this interview, went in, the interview was like 10 minutes. They mostly asked about what the cheese club was about. Uh, and then asked me if I'd be willing to do a trail the next day. And on my trail, I just remember thinking, if I don't get hired for this job, I have to go hunt down every other cheese shop and like go door to door with my resume until someone hires me because this is all I want to do. Amazing. And I was literally at my, at the trail, like walking around following the mongers. And I was like, this is it for me. This will be all I do with my life. Um, And I left that. I got a bottle of wine. My girlfriend picked me up and we went to go. Uh, get my mind off of it. She was like, let's just go do something. And then I got a text like maybe two hours after my trail that was like, do you want to start work tomorrow? And I started <laughs> crying uh, because I was like, yes, I work tomorrow. This is all I've ever really wanted to do. Um, like in a true way, like I think I'd always wanted to be a doctor because it was a career path that made sense. Um, but this was like what I wanted to do. Right. Just something I thought I wanted to do. And it was probably the most fun like uh, I've ever had. There was something so exhilarating that entire like few months. You could not have found me without a copy of the cheese primer. Yeah. Um, 
a note uh, like moleskin that I carried around that had cheese notes in it. I think that thing was like glued to my pocket uh, because anytime I tasted a cheese, I would scribble stuff in it. Uh, and then like probably two other cheese books, whatever I was working through at the time. And I just absolutely absorbed every second of cheese information I could and asked every single question I could and had the most fun doing it. So you move up to Syracuse and you said that that was pretty much uh, because your husband, Matt, got a job that kind of spurred the move. And, um, And now Matt works with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we moved to Syracuse. He got a job. I was a little apprehensive about moving, but he told me we could afford to buy a house here, which for anyone that's ever even thought about New York city area knows that's nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we moved up here to buy a house, which we did, um, which is lovely. And he got a job here as an electrical engineer, which he still does uh, full time. He's still a full time electrical engineer uh, who also is a cheesemonger every second. He's not an electrical engineer. <laughs> um, and anyone who's ever been to my counter will tell you he is an excellent cheesemonger. And Wonderful. they do believe that is that it's all he does. Uh, but actually, we set our shop up in a way that our back room, our like stock room has a full engineering desk setup so that he can work remote from the shop so he can do both at once. He's kind of a superhero. And I'm sure his skills came in handy when you guys were building out the store. Yes, he has been invaluable. I am not a numbers person and I'm also not a measurements person. I'm very much just like a, it will work out. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God for him because he actually made sure like appliances that I was purchasing were going to fit through the doors. Um, <laughs> Cause I would not have thought of that. Uh, truly it would not have even, even have crossed my mind. Um, and so it was super invaluable and he was great with uh, helping me figure out like who to call and what to do next. Because a lot of his job is figuring out with like higher ups who, who is the best co- point of contact. Whereas I had never really done work like that before. And right. so to have him to talk me through some of those things, I was like, this is very helpful. He's also the person who was like, we should probably hire an accountant. And I was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> I was so, like, I was like, do you like this cheese paper or this cheese paper? And he was like, let's talk about finances. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> there are a lot of moving parts to owning a business, operating a business. And of course, you know, you definitely, you have money going out and then you need to have that money coming in. Yeah. And so I do want to talk about marketing for a second. And you did talk about Syracuse and, and how it wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, didn't look like exactly like the right obvious place for a cheese shop and marketing. I found you via social media and I read an interview you did with Syracuse.com about how a neighboring business suggested that you get on TikTok. So how did that go? And what has been the impact? Are, are customers finding you through social media? What's been the most effective marketing for you locally and then beyond? So I don't know if I don't know if effective marketing is truly a thing because I think all forms of marketing leave out some market. Uh, which is a conversation 
we've been having a lot at the shop discussing how to continue to market the shop uh, because we get the people who are like, you should do this, you should do that. And I'm like, I can't do all of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But social media has been sort of invaluable, mostly because it's free marketing and advertisement. Uh, mostly, I mean, occasionally I'll pay for an Instagram or a Facebook ad, but we're still talking $15 as opposed to, uh, I'm sure anyone who's ever looked at marketing for half a second, it could cost thousands of dollars to hire people to put print ads or uh, radio ads or television ads. And I don't even know how many people watch or read those things anymore. Right. Uh, so social media has been huge. My, our neighbors over at the marketplace on James started a TikTok and I was like, Hey, do you guys like doing that? And they were like, it's so fun. Uh, to be fair, the girl that works over there is so creative and wonderful. So I'm not shocked at all that she was so great at it. And I was like, I barely know how to take photos, but I guess I'll figure out how to make video content. Uh, and I, I literally just started making videos of me cutting cheese. And then I would voice over, talk about what cheese I was cutting. Um, and that, was huge for us when we first opened. That was our first big boom in business. Uh, we gained like a couple hundred thousand followers on on TikTok, which was insane to me because I literally was just doing my job and recording it. Um, and the impact of that was was wild. We got people from all over the country who who started to watch our content and then would message us and be like do you ship? How do I get to, like, is Syracuse a good vacation spot? Should we come <laughs> check you guys out? And I was so, last summer we literally had a family in from Alaska. They, their family lives in central New York and they visit central New York every other year. And the family in Alaska told the family that lived in Syracuse about my shop. Wow. Which was crazy to me. Um, but the more I spend time in central New York, the more I am convinced that everybody has some sort of connection to central New York. Mm-hmm. I um, believe it. I, I believe everybody it. knows somebody who went to Syracuse university or they know somebody who grew up here. Literally some of the biggest names in cheese are like, Oh, I went to SU or I'm from Syracuse or I'm from just outside Syracuse. And I am overwhelmed by it every time. Which is also crazy to me because there was no cheese here. Exactly. And so many cheese people have been through here. Exactly. And actually, uh, well, I was going to say, you know, American Cheese Society Conference next summer is in Buffalo, which is still a couple hours away from Syracuse. You know, if you look at a map in New York State, New York is huge up north. Right. Down here in the city, we are, you know, it all seems very close together because New York at the bottom of the state is in the southern part is very narrow. But once you get, you know, you go north, most of New York state, I believe, is west. And, you know, it's still very rural. And even Cornell University, which is where our extension office is. So um, that's where I think a lot of that dairy science and food science that's missing from the state universities like Binghamton, you can find that at Cornell. But Ithaca, where Cornell is, is still kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's not off a major highway. You get off the major highway and then you have to keep driving. Ithaca is is remote for sure. So in looking at ACS next year and the fact that a lot of people from around the country are going to be coming 
to Western New York, specifically to Buffalo, there are ways that they could take advantage of, of exploring this beautiful part of the state. And what would you, what would you want to tell people that are heading here next year for the conference about, about New York state and about, about being in that part of the, of the state? I would tell anyone coming that they should absolutely rent a car or go in on renting a car with people and drive around New York state, spend more time than the conference. There is so much to see here. First of all, the conference is not that far from the Finger Lakes. Um, We're talking a little bit less than an hour to go see some of these insane, like beautiful destination spots that are also filled with like cool cheese and dairy products that people don't know anything about. Um, I'm always overwhelmed by how little other people that don't live and work around this area know about all of the cool dairy stuff coming out of the Finger Lakes. I mean, there's like a handful of upstate producers that everybody sort of knows. um, And then the rest of them are all just sort of like brushed under the rug. No one, no one knows about them. And to be fair, I think part of the problem is that uh, in my personal opinion, central New York and upstate New York in general has a really poor marketing team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whoever's in charge about getting the word out about the cool stuff in central New York is not doing a great job. Um, and I, I say that as someone who moved here and truly was told by people that have lived here their whole life that there's nothing here to do. Right. Um, and I can say as someone who's moved here, there's a ton here to do. You just have to f- know about it. Um, and so I, I hope when people head to Buffalo for ACS that they take the time to ask those of us who are here and live here or reach out to any of the cheesemakers up here and ask them what they're doing. Uh, because this is huge for us. I was out at Lively Run um, in the Finger Lakes a couple months ago to make a batch of cheese with them. And they were talking about how this is going to be so big for them. Because this is one of the first times a lot of Finger Lakes producers can afford to be at ACS. Yes. Um, yes. And so, like... This is for those producers. Um, and this is closer to a lot of any of the East Coast. And I think I'd also recommend to a lot of the East Coast people, drive to ACS, drive through New York, check it out, take the train through, get off the train and stop and see what's happening at in Utica and go see Cali 1945 uh, in Oneida and stop in Syracuse, come see the Kernard. Uh, You don't have to do that, but if you do, I would love it. Um, <laughs> stop in the Finger Lakes and go check out the cheesemakers that are doing some really cool stuff there. Look um, at some ice cream at Cornell. <laughs> they oh, have yeah. a whole creamery there. Yeah. Yeah. Go check out Cornell, period. It is probably yes. one of the coolest places to go look around in. Ithaca, what a great town that most people, unless you're going to something for Cornell, don't really know a ton about. Right. Uh, go hike and see a gorge. It's gorgeous in Ithaca. <laughs> That's their tagline uh, for anyone that doesn't know. (laughs) And then I'm pretty sure the New York State Fair also is, I mean, does it, I don't know if it happens at the same time as ACS or if it's around that time, but that is at the Syracuse, right? It is in Syracuse, yeah. Yeah, we are the state fair. Right. If you want to see a real, like, like I said, we are in the top five for dairy states. It's all there. Right. Oh. Every 4-H club, every dairy farmer, like they're, they're there. 
I last year watched three cows give birth at the <laughs> state fair. Um, <laughs> because wow. that is the kind of stuff that happens at the New York state fair. Um, no, this, the state fair is huge. We have an entire dairy building, uh, where you can go get a milk coin. Uh, you put some, like you put like 50 cents into a machine and it spits out a little coin that has the year and a little cow drawing on it. And then you hand it to someone and they give you a glass of milk and you get to pick white milk or chocolate milk. Um, and it's very fun. And people walk around with glasses of milk. That is what the state fair is like. There's a dairy princess. Uh, it's a local like dairy farm daughter uh, gets gets crowned the dairy princess. Uh, she's there. You can go meet her at the state fair. Uh, and there's there's tons of cheese. And I mean, you could get any sort of fried cheese product you've ever wanted at the New York State Fair. Um, <laughs> and I think a lot of people don't know that there's like so much that the state fair is huge in New York. And if you are from the parts of New York where people know about, so downstate, namely, they don't even know about the New York State Fair. Right. Um, and the New York State Fair is like the biggest gathering of dairy farmers in the state. It's a really, I think people are really excited about Buffalo and also the Canadian proximity. Uh, yeah. Which will allow a lot of our, our friends and neighbors from Canada to attend. Uh, so I think I think you made a really great case for for people to attend and to explore upstate New York and western New York. And also Buffalo has some great food and they've done some beautiful things on the shoreline. It's really active. I saw I mean, people are water skiing, windsurfing <laughs> like there's a lot to do in Buffalo. There's a lot going on. I I am so happy that you are like the ambassador for Syracuse right now and as CMI champion being able to draw attention to that part of New York to this part of the country and telling the story I'm so happy that there's an independent cheese shop there and I'm I'm you know just thrilled that you won congratulations again miss thank you CMI champion and I'm really happy you joined us on cutting the curd thank you for being my guest I'm so happy to have been here. Well, we look forward to see what you do in the future. We'll see you at ACS. And for everyone listening, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you here again next time. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.